Team, welcome to the Dog Experience Top 5 Tips in 15 Plus Minutes with the wonderful Anne McGloon. Anne, how are you? I'm doing wonderful. It's wonderful to be here too. I'm so excited because we got five tips for people who are in a rush, who've got places to be, caregivers, who've got things to do. So we're going to kick off with the first one, Anne, which is sniffing is like reading. Would you expand on that for people, please? Absolutely. So it is one, It is my top tip too. Sniffing is reading. It's how our dogs interact and learn and interface with the environment. It's no different than us using our eyes. We're visual beings. Our dogs use their nose. They're, they are olfactory beings, you know? Mm-hmm. So if we don't allow our dogs to use their nose, it's we're kind of handicap, handicapping them. It's sort of like putting us out in the big world, out in the city and putting blinders or blindfold on. It's not fair. So let your dog sniff. Give them, give them the opportunity to sniff. Let them learn. Absolutely. Build their confidence. Teach them to interact yes. with environments. And lower that arousal too, right? Give them that energy. Yes, absolutely. Sniffing lowers the arousal. If you have a dog that is a scanner or gets high a little, little too quickly, do a treat scatter on the floor. It works wonders. Um, it's soothing. I know there's been some tentative research even that it helps kind of lower the blood pressure. So um, sniffing is very good. Yes. Sniffing is fast. Uh, however, sometimes even uh, cool knows what trainers like us, Anne, um, we can struggle to get our dogs to sniff, which I think perfectly brings us on to the next point, which is dogs trainers. Dogs aren't perfect either, are they? No, not at all. Um, uh, in fact, I think if you have a trainer that doesn't have perfect dogs, you probably have a really good trainer because they've had to learn a lot um, through not having a perfect dog. It's really trainers can look great when their dog is, you know, perfect in every different way, but, but trainers, us professionals, we can't grow, um, if our dogs are perfect. So, um, we are always growing, always learning. And, um, we have those challenging challenging pups just like everybody else does they're individuals they're um yeah they're not robots they're individuals they all have their unique desires wishes and um quirks (laughs) (laughs) absolutely and again you know so many caregivers will look at this and go oh their dog trainers their dogs are perfect or oh they only take on the really difficult dogs and yeah absolutely some people do but it's also somewhere in the middle right like at the end of the day um Everybody struggles with their dogs in some capacity, even the people who pretend that they don't. And even the people who post on social media and talk about their little darlings being the best dogs ever. I promise those are probably some of the worst behaved. So, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Go. Um, And speaking, of course, of dogs, of wonderful dogs, we also can reframe the way that we think about them or specifically how they think, because dogs definitively think in pictures, don't they, Anne? They really do. Um, they learn in pictures. They, you, I know that most, um, most folks with a, with a pup have heard the analogy, you know, you teach your dog to sit in the kitchen and they can't sit in the backyard or something like that. Or, um, and it's because when we're teaching our dog a behavior, whether that's sit or down or whatever it is, um, they're learning the entire picture. They're learning the environment 
They're learning where we are standing. So if we're always facing our dog and if we have a, I teach detection, right? And if we want our dog to forward focus on the odor, on the source odor, but we taught them a down facing us, they're gonna reorient a lot of times towards us because that's where reinforcement comes and that was the picture that we taught them originally. So think about what you want the, the picture to look like, the behavior to look like, and then do your approximations to get to that end point. But yeah, they will learn in pictures. What you train is what you get. Um, exactly. So thinking about that. And of course, one of the things that is so important to train is disengagement because that is your friend. And for people wondering, what the hell is disengagement? Disengagement is just when a dog switches their focus from one thing in the environment to another. And specifically, the bit where they switch their focus. That's the bit that we're interested in, isn't it, Anne? It is. And that's probably, it's probably my most favorite concept. And when I look at overarching concepts in dog training, because that, that ability of the dogs to choose to disengage from the environment when they need to, to disengage from the piece of hot dog on the ground when they need to, um, and to refocus that attention back on something that um, is safer, because this often has to do with safety, is critical. So disengagement is, and it's, it's probably the hardest concept. And it's one we don't think about, in, which is really ironic. Um, I use it in my gun dog training. I use it in my detection training even. Um, I use it in my life skills training for my dogs so that they can disengage from that and and re-engage in something more beneficial healthy <laughs> sure, absolutely and and finding out ways tons of ways that i'm sure if you listen to the kind of fuller fuller podcast episode you will be able to hear how some of the ways that we have taught that and do teach that but disengagement a critical concept that is really really undervalued uh, one concept that is spoken about at length though is focus and where a lot of people get it wrong is that they don't teach focus in lots of different ways. So what, what do we mean by that, Anne? So, yeah, I think a lot of people teach focus in terms of um, the old standby. They teach eye contact, right? So they teach the dog to look at us, look at, and, and they get a cookie. And that's just one minuscule part of focus. So again, and going back to that dog learning in pictures, um, how about we take that general concept out on the road. So when we're out on a daily walk, um, we can teach we can teach focus in a, in a static fashion, say an article indication. We can teach um, focus in a movement fashion with fun games using food and orientation games. So our dog's teaching focus on us, but they're also learning recall and proximity. Um, and um, there was another another really good focus game. What was it, Jack? Uh, proximity. <laughs> we were talking the reorientation game and magic hand. Magic hand. That's the see one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry about that. I see. I had a little mental fumble there. Um, yeah. So folk, I like to teach magic hand, um, which is a game. It's focus healing, really, or focus loose leash walking. And again, it's teaching focus while the dog is engaged with us and moving. So again, they're, 
the concept is focused, but that actually even can include eye contact. Mm -hmm. But it's it's taking that that what we sometimes think of as focus, looking at us and taking it on the road to different contexts, different styles of movement, quick movement, slow movement, static, and building it so that it becomes more than just um, you know, a party trick in the kitchen, I suppose. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, Anne, there we go. In I think I think under 15 minutes. We'll check, but around that, around 15 minutes, five top incredible tips. And to get the most out of these tips, I really do recommend everybody go and listen to the inaugural edition of the Dog Experience Podcast with the wonderful Anne McGloon. So you can get all the tips and tricks in context as they are very heavily expanded upon in that podcast. But Anne, thank you so much for sharing your 15 minutes with us. And I You're welcome. Awesome. And I will chat with you all again soon. See you soon, team. Bye. Bye. <laughs>